Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and today we are talking about vestibular disorders. Don't worry, it's way more exciting than you might think. <laughs> it's not an academic lesson, although by the end, I have a feeling 75% of you are going to be convinced that you have a vestibular disorder. Um, because they're apparently way more common. And even if you're not convinced that you have a vestibular disorder, I know while listening to Dr. Jess today talk about it and some of the symptoms that you may not think, I had patients popping up into my mind and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what, that's what's wrong with them, along with a bunch of other things. But anyways, our family just got back from a trip to California, um, so my dad lives out in very, very, very Northern California. Um, and so we flew into San Francisco and drove up the coast to see him, drove through Redwoods. It was really great. We did learn that my youngest has um, this, well, I don't know, maybe she's got a vestibular, oh my God, what if she has a vestibular disorder? So part of the reason I'm pretty convinced I've got one is because of car sickness. And we learned that um, my youngest, Ty, uh, definitely deals with car sickness. Now, where her and I are different is I've never actually puked. Um, I've always just gotten so nauseous, you know, that I felt like I was going to. Yep, apparently Ty is definitely a puker. But she does have one of the greatest abilities to hold her puke in that I've ever seen displayed. It is like a super talent. Um, literally once I saw her, we were at a movie theater and she, I don't remember, it was like when we went to see Frozen 2 in theater. So it's been a couple of years, but we knew she wasn't feeling good. I don't think she had puked at this point in time. She just was kind of fevery. This is all also pre-COVID, which is hilarious of like, so my kid who I knew was sick and had a fever, we went to a public space. I don't know. I think it sounds worse than it really was. Um, I don't think she was that. Over the course of the movie, she kind of goes downhill and the movie is almost done. We go to the bathroom because she says she has to puke. She comes out and goes, actually, I'm going to wait until we get home. And I'm like, Ty, honey, there's like 10 more minutes of the movie, I bet. 
And then we got to drive home. And then like, we're going to stop at Walgreens and mom is going to like, see if, you know, we've got some natural blah, blah, blah there. Cause I don't think I have anything at home. And she's like, oh, I'm fine. I'll wait. And I'm like, oh God, this kid is going to puke all over this movie theater. So we go in, I'm giving her like the popcorn bag, like puke in this. She's like, I'm good, mom. I'll wait until we get home. We stop, we do the movie goes, we get in the car, we drive to Walgreens, we get home, we walk into the house, she takes off her shoes, walks directly to the toilet, and throws up all over the toilet. <laughs> Not like in it. And I'm like, wow, girl, you're gonna do great in college. Wow. Anyways, so there was like a 22 mile stretch where we had to stop at least 10 times and just pull over get out of the car for like a minute or two minutes so she could just breathe. So maybe she's got a vestibular disorder. I don't know. You'll see it. You'll we'll all find out today. Um, but also when you guys, have you boogie boarded before? Uh, I was telling Kirby, so we went up. My dad lives in very, very northern. So the water is cold. OK, it's cold up there. And the first day my kids got wetsuits and they're boogie boarding in the ocean. And my husband and I who are definitely like helicopter parents, are like standing in the ocean, like up to our knees. It's freezing. My feet are going numb, but like, I mean, you know, I need to be there just in case they fall off their boogie board. And the water was like two feet deep. But anyway, so they're doing it. They're having a great time. And around the campfire that night, I'm like, you know, maybe I'll get a wetsuit, for, rent a wetsuit for tomorrow. And they're like, you will not. You're not going to boogie board. And they were just like almost laughing at the idea that mom might get a wetsuit and go in the ocean to which I was like challenge accepted bitches. Now I'm going in the damn ocean. So I got a wetsuit and I totally boogie boarded and had, I was just like, there are videos of me just laughing like a child. It was so fun. So boogie board if you haven't done it, cause it's great. And if it's cold, just get a wetsuit. Um, and Kirby and I were just talking about like how much I need the ocean back in my life because I was born in Southern California and I just, I've always felt really connected with the ocean. And then literally today, um, so we were in the ocean six days ago, I believe. Uh, today, my dad sent a video that there was a 15 foot great white shark spotted like off like back behind the waves that we were not where we were but like behind the surf on the same damn beach we were on like no no never mind I'm glad I live in Wisconsin far away from oceans like oh my god oh, I don't know I don't know what's worse that like we were there or that my dad thinks that I would want to actually hear that and help my mom anxiety my god okay so today um, listener highlight. Now the listener highlight is the same name as the person I'm interviewing is Dr. Jess, but they're different people. Okay. I promise. I looked into this. So this one is from Jess Cairo, Cairo, Jess Cairo. I don't know if that's supposed to be Cairo and then EO. Not sure guys, but it's from Apple podcast and it says, Dr. Lauren is a rock star. She is down to earth and will tell you like it is. I'm a recent grad of Sherman college. Woo woo. I have enjoyed and shared many of Dr. Lauren's podcasts over the past year, and I look forward to being a rock star Cairo just like her. 
you are going to be a rock star, Cairo. You're probably already a rock star right now. Like, and you just don't even realize your awesomeness. Um, thank you for that review. I really, really appreciate it. I say it every week. I love when you guys send me messages. I love it when you post things. Um, it just, it fills my heart. But today, let's get to our guest. So today I have Dr. Jess Hess on. She, uh, she is a NYCC grad. There's so many chiropractic colleges, like so many that I didn't even know. Like I didn't even know. Well, but you guys know my story, how I picked chiropractic school, right? Like I lived in La Crosse, Wisconsin and liked Minneapolis and there was a chiropractic school. So I did about five seconds of research into Cairo College, but whatever, I'm here, I'm alive, it's fine. Uh, so um, in 2019, her world completely went sideways when she lost the ability to focus her eyes and balance her body. She'll tell her story, it's crazy, like her entire horizon just tilted. So after almost two years of treatment and her own research, she's been able to regain most of it back without medications, and she's dedicated her life to share awareness about vestibular disorders. Her story is super cool. Um, like I said, this brings just also a ton of information to you as a practitioner, or if you're not a practitioner, just an individual listening about vestibular disorders. And one of the biggest things is uh, I love hearing how she had to advocate for herself. Um, she unfortunately wasted a lot of time with kind of crappy diagnosing um, and crappy doctoring. And so I hope that whether you're a doctor or somebody listening who thinks you might have a vestibular disorder, that you get the information you need from here to advocate for yourself or advocate for your patients um, and help them get to the proper specialist. So great story. Can't wait for you to hear it. Before we jump in, let's pray. Dear God, be with all of the people that uh, are, their life is sideways from vestibular disorders, um, be with people who have, are not sure what's going on and have weird experiences with doctors that they don't feel heard and feel like they need to stand up for themselves. Help us as chiropractors be there for our patients. Help us continue to know that one of our greatest superpower does not need to be in fixing 100% of things for our patients. Help us feel confident that our role as a chiropractor is in helping the nervous system to adapt, but also, also listening to our patients and be able to hear when you go, that's not right. That does not sound right, and I am going to help you find the path you need to go on to get better answers, because what that doctor told you, that doesn't sound right, and I am going to ad help you advocate for yourself. Help us remember that that's unique. It is different, and it is a superpower that we have as our patients because of the care that we care for them and the way that we listen and the way that we understand the body and we know enough to go, mm, no, I don't think that, that that's what they told you. That doesn't sound right. I'm with you. Help us just feel that power and 
and spread it to our patients and empower them and help people, whether it's a vestibular disorder or something else, help them continue seeking to find the right answers of what's going on with their body and find as many, hopefully, natural solutions as possible to it. Thank you for all the specialists. Um, today we learned about two doctors I didn't even know that existed. Thank you for all of the different types of medicine that exists, um, medical doctors and different types of doctors, natural doctors, neurologists, all of the things that are there to help us function the best that we can. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, crew, so you are in for a treat. Um, this is my conversation with Dr. Jess, and I think you're going to love it. Enjoy. All right. Well, welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast, Dr. Jessica. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so glad that we had, we had some issues in scheduling between Instagram, D Instagram DMs and like Gmail sending things to spam. I think it took us only about three months to make this happen, but yeah, I know it was, it was like, I remember emailing you and I was um, she hasn't emailed me back. I know she's busy. And then you emailed me and then it went straight to the spam. And I was like, what is going on? If I did click it, that says not a spam. Why would I send it back again to spam? But anyway. Wait, can you click not a spam? Yeah, there's an, um, there's an, uh, if it's in the spam folder, it comes out in the top, not spam. You can click it and it just go directly to your inbox. And it's like stored that it's not a spam. Email. I do appreciate Google's like, protection of me but sometimes at a certain point it's a bit much um somewhere along the line my phone I don't know I can never tell because like I'm not technologically anything um so, so my husband just kind of like puts devices in my hand so for all I know he installed this what is it it's um it's like Google's spam um assistant for phone calls and so sometimes it will just automatically assume something's a spam and like ask like the person you are calling is using like Google Assistant. Why are you calling them? And it's really funny because it, most of the time it is a spam. And so then that person hangs up. But I was waiting for a very important phone call. Um, and like I set up that they were going to call me at 1130. It was like somebody from the school district. And we were like talking about chiropractic and it was like a big deal. And I'm like sitting by my phone, you know, at like 1128. I'm like, all right, two more minutes. At 1129. I'm like, all right, at 1130 on the dot. I see it pop up and it doesn't even give me the thing to answer. It just like automatically marks it as spam. And I'm like, no, so I oh my God. It's a bit much. So we both have six-year-olds at home today. Yes. Um, yeah, he's home. So he might be with my husband playing something in either iPad or playing a video game. And you can hear him screaming in the background when he gets angry. So, <laughs> um, okay. So you're on today to talk about vestibular disorders, correct? Yes. Okay. And you have a whole podcast about yes. this yes. The podcast. It's called, um, the spinning chronicles living with a vestibular it. disorder. I, I do love myself a good, like, I don't, is that, I don't think that's a pun. I don't know what that is. I, I appreciate it quite a bit. Um, so let's start out with just who you are and how you kind of got um, to become a chiropractor. We'll kind of like stop it there and then we'll dive a little deeper into like your vestibular story. Okay, sure. Um, Patients call me Dr. Jessica, Dr. J, Dr. P, doesn't matter. 
Um, Cause my last name, everybody butchers it. They call me either pagan or. Oh yeah. Cause it's spelled that way. Yeah. It's spelled <laughs> that way, but it's, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. So it's Pagan. Um, I don't have a great Cairo story. Like some people I don't have either. like, Mine's stupid. like I'm a fourth generation chiropractor. I was raised by chiropractor. I have none of that. Um, <laughs> I was raised in Puerto Rico. I was born in New York because I'm from New York, but I was raised in Puerto Rico by my grandmother, which is my father's mother. Um, I moved back to the States when I was 27 to go to chiropractic school. I even went to med school, which I hated. Um, I was an athlete in college. I had a full ride undergrad. Um, my bachelor's degree was in athletic training. So I was there with prevention of injuries and rehab of elite athletes, um, the national Puerto Rico volleyball team, volleyball, baseball players, basketball players I covered, but it was not my thing. Basketball, um, baseball and volleyball are my, my jam, I want to say. Um, it's hard was, to be from Puerto Rico and not have baseball be. Exactly. And especially <laughs> my family are Mets fan and both sides, like oh. dad side and mom side. So if you say anything else, especially mm-hmm. to my grandfather, forget about it. Well, so sign note on that. Um, so my husband is very into baseball. He still plays wood bat baseball. In fact, this weekend um, is the semi-state tournament. Uh, so I am married to a 12-year-old boy. Um, but when we first met, all my friends said who hooked us up was like, he is really good. He loves baseball. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't know anything about baseball, but I'm a girl on her first date. And so he's like, do you like baseball? I'm like, yeah, I do. And he's like, oh, do you have a favorite team? I'm like, the Yankees. <gasps> okay. Like we talk about this because as you can appreciate it, like you don't like the Yankees. Most people don't like the Yankees because you know, I'm no. just, just mortified that like, I was like, I don't know. I picked them because they won a lot. And so it's just a, it's just a funny story of like, I don't, actually like the Yankees anymore. I hate the Yankees because I'm a Twins fan and uh, the Yankees are typically what is in between us and um, getting into the series. So, yes. Nobody likes the Yankees. Nobody Um, likes the Yankees. Nobody likes the Yankees here. I'm so sorry, but I'm I'm, I'm biased. (laughs) Except for like girls who really don't know much about baseball and they're like, I've watched baseball. The Yankees Yankees, are just like offending a whole group of people. I'm going to get my first hate mail based on the Yankees. But anyways, um, Um, it's okay. Um, I'm the oldest. I, uh, my parents are divorced. So I'm the oldest from my dad's marriage. And then I have a sister and a brother. I have a brother who's a nurse and a sister who's an MD. Um, So I was raised by my dad and my grandmother. My dad wanted a boy. So I was born. Um, so I was the tomboy of the family. I was always playing sports my whole life. I played softball, volleyball, and then I got the scholarship for powerlifting to go to college. So I was a weightlifter since I was 16 until I was like 27 when I moved to the States. My grandma is really holistic. Um, she raised us that you only go to the doctor. When I'm saying doctor is your medical primary doctor. care, pediatrician, whatever, if you're like almost dying. <laughs> So um, she made sure that if you had a stomach ache, oh, let's make a tea. Let's rub some, let's some, rub some oil that I have here that I'm going to make from scratch. Let's rub it. If you have cramps, take um, this tea and I'm going to rub this ointment in your uterus area. Give you a hot pack. You'll be fine. Um, you have earache. I'm going to take this 
plant from their backyard. I'm going to boil it, create an oil and put drops in your ears. Yes. Only time we went to the doctor is if, let's say we had a strep throat and it was nothing was healing it, like nothing, then she will take us. But before we even did that, she was like, I'm going to boil some water, lemon, salt and vinegar. And you're going to gargle every day, three, four times a day and see how it goes. If it doesn't go away in a week, then we'll take you. Mm -hmm. So I was raised like that. I was always interested in science. So how'd you end up in med school? I always wanted to be a doctor. Before mm -hmm. I even say that, I wanted to be a vet. Oh. I love animals. Like I was raised, I'm from the countryside of Puerto Rico. Like we had chickens, lizards, horses, cows, every animal in the farm. We had pigs. Um, and I was always there with my great grandmother, which I had the, the which I had, what is that word? I had the pleasure to meet my great grandparents, like three or four of them. So she will kill chickens and she will call me like, look, I'm going to kill a chicken. I would never see the action of killing it because I couldn't handle it. But once she will open it and take the feathers, I'm sorry with those who are vegan. Um, <laughs> um, I was really we all had cadaver lab. We're good. <laughs> I was really intrigued by that. And I will ask, what is that? What is that? And she will tell me this is the kidney. This is the heart. So that caught my attention. And I told my dad, I think I want to be a vet. And that was like, I was like six or seven. My dad tells me, remember that if you're going to be a vet, you have to put animals down to sleep if they're really sick. And I was like, mm, no, that's not for me. Throughout my whole year, I changed my mind multiple times. I want to be a nurse. No, I want to be in production movies. No, I want to do this. I want to do that. <laughs> I was so lost. At the well, I mean, you weren't really lost. You were like eight. <laughs> like, I was so this is all through high school even yeah even in high school I changed my mind 10,000 times I knew I wanted to go to college I didn't know what for my dad said computer science is where the money is so you should do that my SATs were really high I'm like why not so I got accepted in computer programming science I hated it with my gut hated it when I'm saying hated it I'm always been a 4.0 average 3.9 super nerdy <laughs> and I hated it. And I went to my advisor and he said, um, what do you like to do? This time in college, I'm already an athlete. So you have to have 2.50 GPA or higher to maintain your full ride scholarship. My grades were high, but it was not something that I have to wiggle to see how many credits I need to maintain this GPA because I hate this. And when I hate something, I don't pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. I just does like goes to one ear, goes to the other. I remember my first F that I ever got was in college and I cried so much. My I was so bad at chemistry that on not one, not twice, but three separate occasions, it was like the night before the final chem exam and when I should have been studying which I had been studying but like chemistry just didn't sink in my brain <laughs> instead of just studying more I was calculating out what grade I needed to get to get a d to get a d in the class and and I remember like at one point it was like 55 percent I needed a 55 percent <laughs> to get a d and I was just like shit I don't think I can do that <laughs> Luckily, I didn't know at the time because like this was early that like if it was that hard, like everybody was doing hard and they can't fail all these people. So, you know, miraculously, I ended up getting like a C when I was like, there's no way I got a C. Like, it's just good. 
Yeah. That's so funny. I remember my first exam was in accounting. For some reason, the program that I was in, you had to take accounting. It was 56% F. Still remember that because it traumatized me for the rest. Yes, we are traumatized academic children. It traumatized me. So I did my bachelor's degree in athletic training. I loved it. Um, Loved anatomy physiology. I was like amazed by it. Um, I graduated. I was working with teams. I felt that I needed to learn more about the human body. So I was like, oh, let me become a personal trainer. This time I'm still competing, representing Puerto Rico and powerlifting and all that stuff. So I was always in season and off season with in college and outside of college. So I got my certification as a personal trainer. I was working in the gym. Um, I used to train, um, um, what are these called? Beauty pageant girls Oh yeah, in Puerto Rico. We had um, like Miss Puerto Rico Petite. I, I trained a few of them. Um, so I love the human body. I like the physiology and all that stuff. So still, I was like, I'm still so empty. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to know more. And I was like, I always wanted to be a doctor. So let's try med school. I got accepted to med school in the Dominican Republic. I went and I was like waiting. I remember cadaver lab. You get out at six o'clock from a class and I had to take a bus to another morgue. And then the bus back brings you back like at 9 p.m. And I'm standing and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is this is not what I want to do. Like, I don't feel the joy of doing it. I told my dad and I go back to Puerto Rico. And then one of my friends from undergrad, she was a year above me in and my bachelor's so she graduated a year before I did um she tells me her and her husband went to chiropractic school so by that time they're already graduated this is like 2010 yeah 2009 10 they already graduated they're already practicing in Florida and I told them like hey um I'm really lost I have no idea what I want to do with my life I know that I want to be a doctor but I don't want to be a physical therapist I don't want to be an MD because I don't feel the, the happiness of just being indoors and just sitting there, what is going on with you? Let me write it down, take this and go, okay, see you in a month if it's, I can't. Like, I want to know more. She goes, try chiropractic. And I was like, what? What's that? You had never been adjusted. Never been adjusted. Never been to a chiropractor. You're one of those weirdos that (laughs) I, I remember our first, like, you know, week on campus. And they said, like, there are going to be a percentage of you that have never been adjusted, like, and like a solid 5%, maybe of our class of a hundred and some people raise their hand. And I'm like, no shit. That's cool. But like hearing the way it transpired with you, it makes sense. So like at the time I was like, how do you even know what you're getting into? But like, yeah, this makes sense. So I looked it up and I was like, oh, so you work with your hands. I always like to be involved with patient care and learning things. I was already involved with my, my, my athletes before. So I always was in the practices, doing this, doing that, prevention of injuries, rehabilitation, all that stuff. So I was like, that sounds interesting. So let me apply. So I already had the physics and the organics and all that stuff. Um, and it's funny because before I was like waiting to see, because I went to um, NYCC to interview, interview in other colleges as well. And I remember just waiting to see which college is going to call me. And nobody has been calling me or sending me letters. So I was like, you know what? I'm still waiting. So I'm just going to apply to the Marines. 
I wanted to be a Marine too. I love military. Yeah, the story just keeps taking a turn where I'm like, what? I'm telling you, my mind is like everywhere. I wanted to do everything. So I applied for the Marines. Um, I passed the exam. My physical was on point. And I remember, still remember, I told my grandmother, my grandma was not happy with me um, applying for the Marines. She tells me, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, well, I can't stay here in Puerto Rico and do nothing. I don't see myself getting older in the gym, working 10, 15, 12 hours, because I used to go at five o'clock in the morning, get out of 10 at night, all day in the gym. I don't see myself doing that. So I remember the day before I was, let's say it was a Monday, Tuesday, I had to go to sign in to sign the papers. And what is it called? When you just take the oath, whatever. Monday, I got the letter. You've been accepted to chiropractic school. And I was like, peace. Forget uh-huh. about Marie. Yeah, guys. No. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, they changed my mind. Um, and yeah, NYCC. Now they changed the name. So I went to NYCC in January of 2011 and graduated in 2014. And my first adjustment was by an intern. I didn't know what to expect. And I've never been adjusted, always been active. Um, and I felt amazing after my first adjustment. I was like, wow. And I remember the first class. Yeah, it was like, I don't feel all this discomfort that I've been feeling for years from all this working out because you do train, you do um, the stretches and mobilization, all that stuff. But there's something that the body needs to reset. Mm -hmm. And this is me since little until I was 27 that I got my first adjustment. So during this whole time, I'm really clumsy. So I was always falling because I was a tomboy. So I was running skateboarding, uh, all this stuff. So I was, I, my legs are destroyed with scars um, in my back too. I have a huge scar in my back. So it, it was like the f- best thing I've ever had in my life. Um, so then when did, like, when did you start having vestibular symptoms? And I don't know whether we should talk about your vestibular story and then maybe explain the vestibular system a little bit. I think that's probably the best way to go about it. So like, when did you start going like, am I okay? Um, I never had any symptoms. Okay. Oh, I didn't get any symptoms. Um, I still remember the day. I still remember the date, the year it was November 19 of 2019. Like this whole time I was just fine until November 19 of 2019. I remember I was treating a patient. I was in the office. Um, and I adjusted her and she wanted me to order a back brace because I treat pain patients. Um, so I got her the back brace. I was giving her the paperwork to sign and I'm like looking down, putting my name, signing it. I'm like, okay, Miss Jane Doe, you have to sign right here. Just make sure you read it. She signed it. And I like to, I like to walk to the waiting room, leave them in the desk in the reception and then get the next one. Like I like to move around like that. So I like to talk to them and I walk down the hallway. She goes before me. And this is a long hallway. Um, I work in a multidisciplinary practice. So the medical doctor is near the waiting room. So I remember he was there that day and I'm walking and all of a sudden my body just walks all the way to the right. Like goes like, like I took a, like a deep right turn and my body felt like this. Um, well, those who can't see, I'm just yeah. in my, <laughs> my body to the right. And um, he tells me, are you okay? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Something is not right though. But I kept walking. You weren't dizzy. You just- I was not even like spinning or anything. It was just felt like the world went tilted. Like oh. when a boat tilts like yeah. that. Like 
I felt my body went like that oh. and my line of view went like that. It tilted. Okay. And I was like closing my eyes and blinking and I go to the receptionist and I tell her, um, give, um, just scan these paperwork and make an appointment for such and such for tomorrow, which I'm going to see again. Um, and then that was before lunch. I still remember the lunch that I have even my husband had made a potato leek soup for me that day. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I'm hungry. <laughs> my blood sugars off exactly maybe my blood sugar is low maybe i'm dehydrated and stuff like that and i'm sitting and i'm like eating my soup and i'm like looking at everything like i'm a little bit disoriented and then the medical biller comes and tells me dr pagan are you okay i'm like i think something is wrong and then my heart starts beating really fast like i'm having a panic attack and i yeah. call my husband crying like i think i'm having a heart attack that's the first thing. Or I think I'm having a stroke. You have to take me to the hospital because I can't drive like this. This whole time, the way I was seeing things, nothing spins for me. Like nothing goes in like vertical spinning. None of that. It was that my vision looked like sparkly and staticky. Like somebody took a disco ball and it was like shining it on my face. And you can see the little sprinkles of sparkles. And it was really static. Like the vision was always like moving, like, like trembling. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. I told my husband, um, I called the owner. I'm like, look, I have to go. My husband's taking me to the hospital. The poor man, I had his car that day. He had to take an Uber <laughs> and he had to pay $60 for a ride to pick me up because he can take his car and um, he took me to the hospital. Um, this, my cousin is a nurse over here in, in where I live in Long Island and she was working. She works in the, card, in the cardiac unit, but she knows the people in the emergency room. So I tell her, look, I'm going to the hospital. Um, I think something is wrong either with my heart or my brain. So when I get to the hospital, all they did was check. Um, my blood pressure was high. My um, pulse was high. Oxygenation was fine. And this whole time, I'm telling them, they're checking for my heart, obviously, that they blow work to make sure that I don't have a heart attack. EKG, all that stuff. And I told them, like, but I just can't seem to focus my eyes well. It's like if you're living in a dream and you're walking in that dream, everything feels like a cloud marshmallow way, like when you walk, like a bouncing. And everything is like there, but it's not there. At that time, I had lost the ability to say certain words. I couldn't say like a can, can of soda or I can say clock. Um, I will tell the doctors, look, I'm trying to look at that thing that is right there and that is circular and it has numbers, but I can't remember the name of it. And my cousin will look at me like the clock. I'm like, yeah, the clock. So I couldn't focus my eyes this whole time. Um, I had to go to the emergency room multiple times. Um, so in, all in all, in that first hospital visit, they diagnosed me with angina pectoris, which... what which I, I was angry. I was like, but I'm telling you, it's my eyes. I can't focus my eyes. And I'm really nice and calm person. Like, I don't, I don't like to say I'm a chiropractor. I know. I just let them do what Oh yeah. Anytime I've had to take my kids to the ER, I'm just like, oh shoot, don't, don't tell them I'm a chiropractor. (laughs) So I just let them do what they have to do. And then I got so angry. I was like, why are you guys checking just my heart? When I'm telling you, I can't focus my eyes well. And I'm seeing a little bit double. At that time already, a few hours passed by, I started to see double. Like I couldn't getting focus in. So it was getting worse. This is they sent me home. Okay. I was like, maybe I'll sleep it off. It will go 
that was this Friday. Maybe it will go away on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, same thing. I went to work. The funny thing is that I was able to drive. When I was driving, I felt 100% normal. Like I had no symptoms at all. Like no symptoms. I've never suffered from anxiety. This whole time I had anxiety because I said, what if it happens when I'm driving? What if it happens with um, with my son in the car? What if it happens when I'm just at the store with him and then I just have to drop down on the floor and not move? Who's going to help me? So two weeks passed by and I'm with my husband talking. I was feeling the same. Nothing has changed. So I just kept two trying weeks. To, yeah, two weeks. Just trying to keep figure out what's going on because I've, it's just my eyes. If I move my head a certain way and I'm trying to focus my eyes, I felt like a, like a warping sensation in your forehead. Like your brain is trying to focus. But when you have, I think the best thing I can describe it is when you take your camera from your phone and you're trying to take a picture and the camera zooms in and zooms out, so okay. that picture, that's how I was feeling my eyes constantly 24 seven. Sleeping was difficult. Yeah. Um, I felt like I was when you closed your eyes, it didn't. When I closed my eyes it was fine. Okay. Like, I closed my eyes when I have a hard day, I close my eyes and I take a nap and feel fine. Um, but sleeping was difficult though. Um, at the beginning, because I felt like I was dropping down, you know, when you have those dreams that you're falling yeah. like mm-hmm. that, it wakes you up. That was me eight, seven, eight hours a night. I will get home from work and I will be exhausted. So like, at no point did they like, I mean, do like, you know, maybe we should see if she's got a optic tumor or like, no, they didn't do a brain scan. Nothing. They did that on my second hospital visit though. Okay. I went to a different hospital because after that two weeks passed, like I said, I was talking to my husband and out of nowhere, I couldn't see him. Like it was oh. pitch black. He was standing right in front of me. I can see the periphery, but nothing in the middle for like five to 10 seconds. And I'm like crying, like, I can't see you. Like, where are you? And he's like, I'm right here. I'm like, I can't see you. And just thinking about it makes me, ugh, makes me nauseous because I remember that feeling. And I go running into my room and I, in our room, I start, and I start crying. I'm like, you have to take me to the hospital because I might be having a stroke. I can't see you. My vision came back, takes me to the hospital. They did MRA. MRI with, without Castro, CT scans, check my eyes, blood pressure, everything. They even left me in, um, what's it called? That unit. Not a, not a prone, like a full prone. It's like a observational unit where they have stroke patients. They left me there for a night just to monitor me. Everything was fine. Did EKG there. They did head to toe perfectly. They only diagnosed me with vertigo, which I look at the doctor and I say, but vertigo is a symptom. It's not a diagnosis. What? Oh, snap. No, she didn't. He's like, no, you and my husband is like opening his eyes. Like, I'm like, yeah, but vertigo is a symptom. Um, it's not a diagnosis. You can't, he goes, well, you have to see your ENT if you don't have one, which I do have an ENT. Um, so this is what got me a little bit annoyed. Um, and this is why I say, thank God I chose the correct profession. Because I've been going to this ENT, I've been with my husband for seven years. This ENT has been my ENT for five years. I go to him, I explain him the whole story. And he tells me, I give him all the discharge paperwork. And he tells me, and you went to the hospital for this. And I was like, excuse me, you said what? (laughs) He goes, you went to the hospital for this? I'm like, yeah, because I thought I was having a stroke. Anybody will do that. So he goes, okay, well, we're going to schedule you in two months for our ear test to see. And I was like, two months? And I look at him like, how am I going to live like this for two months? 
Like how? Um, and he goes, did they give you anything? Did they give you medication to control the dizziness? He doesn't tell me anything. He tells me, I'm going to give you more. Um, and I'll see you in two months for the hearing test and the, it's called VNG, ENG test with the audiologist that we have here. I was so mad. I was like, now I know why patients say that sometimes doctors don't listen and how disrespectful they can be because at that moment, and he knew it was a chiropractor. Because at that moment, I was like, and I told the receptionist, don't schedule me, I'm not coming back. And I didn't go back. I found somebody else. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a young doctor, really good. He's an otologist. Otologists are doctors that specializes in ear disorders only. Wait, what are they called? Otologist. Oh, otologist. Yeah. Yeah, an otologist. Um, he's an ENT, but his specialty is ears. Yeah. Um, and he said, like, look, this is what I think you have. We can do the test tomorrow. We don't have to wait that long. And I was like, yeah, sure. And he tells me, stop the medication. Don't take that medication because your body is going to be, what's it called? Um, not dependent of that medication. We want your vestibular system to restart, to take and compensate to make sure that you balance your body out because it will eventually. I stopped taking it. I didn't like it because it made me constipated, right? So constipation is one of the things that I'm not happy with. Like nobody's right. happy with. So I stopped it and they did the test. It's called video nystagmography and electro nystagmography. And they also did a caloric testing. It was not fun. Um, the test normally takes an hour and a half. And the girl said I was a trooper because I did it in 40 minutes. I told her, don't stop, keep doing it. I just want to get this over with. If I ever what have- What is the test like? Are they trying to like make you dizzy? Like is it? They, it's, it's, they put these goggles to see your eye movement, to see but, if you have nystagmus. So it's yeah. all pitch black. It's an infrared goggle. Okay. They're trying to see like when you, they lay you down, if your eyes move on your sides and your back, when they lift you up and down, if they shake your head, they want to see if your eyes move with the changes of your body positions in the dark. Because you can see anything, it's pitch black. It's to see because they're cutting off your visual system. So they want to see if your vestibular system is the one that is affected or if it's just your eyes, because we have something called the vestibular ocular reflex that our eyes or ears work together to balance our body out. So they wanted to shut one off to take one dependent to see. I had nothing going on with my ears. Um, then they take the goggles out and it's like a big movie screen and it has like checkerboards and they mm -hmm. move different patterns. Like the red goes to one side, the black goes to the other side, but they're constantly moving. That made me so sick. And I was like, Whoa. and she, yeah. goes, she goes, can you handle it? I'm like, yeah, yep, yep, keep doing it. She goes, keep following the red dot or whatever. So I did that. Um, and then the, the caloric testing is the worst. Caloric testing is um, when they blow hot air in your ear for a minute. Mm -hmm. And you have <laughs> the goggles. The goggles are completely pitch black, but they're looking to see in your eyes. And then for another minute. This sounds like just terrible. It's just like making me want to throw up. And it is horrible. It is the worst thing I've encountered in my life. Um, I said I prefer to give birth to another child than go through that again. And um, at the same time she was blowing air, she goes, say the alphabet, like A, B, C, D. But at the same time, say A, apple, B, boy, C, cat, D, dog, like that. Mm -hmm. So your brain can process. She goes, if you forget, try to remember the letter that you were left at because your body, your eyes literally can't stop flickering. Then they do a minute of cold air after that. 
and they do it again the right in the other ear. So they have to see where is worse. So remember, because um, your eyes will move opposite with the cold air, your your eyes will move to the same side with the warm air. So you say remember to- as if <laughs> I would have any freaking idea. Oh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> this might be a good tangent break to do a little better explanation of the vestibular system. So the vestibular system, um, <laughs> oh, I don't like, remember, guys, right? Aware of cold. The vestibular system, people think it's just the ears that, oh, if you have dizziness, it's just the crystals of your ear. It's just the crystals. Move. It's the crystals. You just have to put them back. No. Um, the vestibular system is, is a part of eyes, muscles, joints of your body, and ears. So the brain receives signals, sensory, obviously, because the brain has three functions, sensation, like sensory input, integration, and motor outcomes. So the sensory input comes from our eyes, our ears, and how our bodies perceive in space. So you can have one system that is being affected or all of them being affected at once. Because in my case, my eyes don't work together. They don't team together to form a clear picture. I sometimes can be watching something and I can see little black dots every now and then, not floaters. It just looked like a, like a, I want to say like a solar eclipse, but they're tiny, like little pin dots. Um, it's just the light is not focusing correctly on the retina. So I have my eyes don't team together. So that's why you see double. I have something called uh, vertical heterophoria and horizontal heterophoria with oscillopsia. Other words is, my eyes don't focus horizontally and vertically. So I see double images horizontally and vertically, side to side and up and down. And they tend to jump sometimes. So my visual system, my sensory input in my visual system is being interpreted incorrect in my brain, throwing my balance off. Mm-hmm. Um, the vestibular system, especially your inner ear, we have semicircular canals, vestibule, um, vestibule utricle, saccules. All that stuff that they move in sensation of what your body feels, like horizontal movements, vertical acceleration, rotational spins. So they move with you because you have these hair cells that sense all of this information and your brain interprets, oh, Dr. Pagan is moving forward. So let's move this backwards so she won't just go forward nonstop. Got it. Yep. Same thing with this proprioception of the muscles of the neck, joints, and all that stuff. So when you have, let's say, cervicogenic dizziness, you get the sensation of feeling dizzy when you move your neck only. Is because there's something going on with your neck that is perceiving there's a dysfunction. Let's say you had a whiplash or a concussion. Um, fine with everything else, but your neck proprioceptors are completely out of whack, happens all the time. So the brain perceives that your body in relation to what is around you is completely off. So people tend to get dizzy from that because obviously the brain is confused. Like, where are you? Like, what's going on? If you move your neck and you get pain, you're going to get dizzy. So it's, it's all three systems working together for your brain to interpret what is the action that you have to, to, to create or, or what is the correct action that it has to be sent out for your body or your what we call the efferent neurons. Take action to visual, like what you're seeing or blinking or moving your hands and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So my eyes were kaput. And I remember um, one of the things that were asked me if I uh, ever had a concussion. And um, to my knowledge, I know it was always in the ground when I was little, but um, I never lost consciousness, even though you can have a concussion without losing your consciousness. Um, But to my knowledge, no, you can have what I have, which is um, I was diagnosed with, first of all, vestibular migraines or what they call migraine associated vertigos. 
I didn't take it. I didn't take that diagnosis. I said to the doctor, no, this is not what I have. Why? Um, he goes, it's like, it sounds like we're getting to a closer diagnosis, but I was like, fuck that. No, I was like, no, he goes, why? I'm like, because I said, <laughs> and I said, why? because, because I, then I follow up with him like two weeks later to see how I was doing. And I'm like, because I Googled it, but I told him not back to Google. I told him, I told him very well resource journals and stuff like that and i told him and i even looked yeah. up the a doctor using google is different than yeah. a stay-at-home parent using google like and he is. goes and i go like and i even looked up the international classifications of headaches and i looked up the vestibular migraine aspect and there's stuff there that i never had in my life so i don't think that i have vestibular migraines and he goes well that's what we think you have so obviously the course of action for vestibular migraines is medications but i have not taken any single one of them um, I said, I'm not taking that diagnosis because that's not what I have. Because um, I told them I have no problems with my ears. My test came out barely normal. No, I want to say barely normal. Mostly normal. Um, I had a vestibular loss. I think it was on the right side of 6% and 4% on the left side, which as we get older, our vestibular system starts to Bindled on a little bit. We lost some balance and proprioception. Um, proprioception. Okay, so that is like a natural thing that happens with aging. Yeah, it it's a natural thing that happens with aging as, as, as we lose our hearing a little bit as we get older, as we start to lose our vision and we need progressive because our eyes can't focus well. So it's something that occurs naturally. Um, that's why elderly people tend to get more what we call BPPV, like benign positional process more vertigo. Because obviously they're getting older, the crystals are a little bit more looser and it's a little bit more harder. But um, I've seen multiple doctors and they say that's the normal part of, of aging, right? So um, I went to see, there's these, there, there's so many things. I went to see, uh, I always complain about my eyes. Always, throw the whole time. My eyes, my eyes, my eyes. Anybody's focusing ears, 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 or they focus on my chest but never on my eyes. So I decided to take medicine to my own hands and start doing my own research. And this is when I found, obviously got into the vestibular system, the vestibular ocular reflex, the vestibular spinal reflex, et cetera, et cetera, how everything can affect your balance and proprioception in your body. And then that's when I found about binocular vision dysfunction, which is what I have. That's when my eyes don't team together and gives you every single symptom of a vestibular disorder out there and it can mimic multiple vestibular disorders out there so so like symptoms of so okay so i learned in school that there are three <laughs> reasons that you get vertigo bppvvvvv uh -huh. um labyrinthitis lab that one that one and the third one which I should have looked up prior to this moment and saying I knew the three, but I don't remember. There's the third. There's been like, uh, I'm assuming there's more than three. <laughs> Tell me about this. I, there's, I think that's like more than 15. So the same thing that you did, I learned in school that was BPPV, yeah. triple PD, and labyrinthitis. Yeah, triple PD. Those what three. the heck was triple PD though? Triple what? PD is um, perceptual, per, persistent perceptual, persistent positional perceptual dizziness. Mm -hmm. Persistent perceptual positional dizziness. That's triple PD. Okay. 
So this whole time before I even knew that it was in my eyes, I was like looking symptoms. And then I found this website. Um, I don't know if I can say it, but it mentions every single one of vestibular disorders. And I was like, there's such a thing called as vestibular neuritis, vestibular migraine or migraine associated vertigo, Malden-Barkman syndrome. Do you know what that is? No. <laughs> I learned about Malden-Barkman syndrome. It's apparently happens in a lot of people who work in cruise boats and they never balance themselves out. So they always feel like in the boat. Yeah. There was triple PD, Meniere's, which is the most common one out there. Oh, uh, Meniere's. Meniere's. I've heard Meniere's too. Meniere's, mm-hmm. I'm a yeah. good doctor. Um, Meniere's, there is semicircular canal dehiscences. There is atherosclerosis, autoimmune, oncological ill disorders. There's a whole hodgepodge of vestibular disorders that I had no clue. And dizziness is not always a symptom, right? So what are some of like, so if you're a chiropractor, so at this point, mostly chiropractors and students listening, um, they're thinking about like how this is, how this is going to show up in their patients. So like what kind of symptoms are, people should be looking for. I already, by the way, have pretty much diagnosed in the last 40 minutes that I have a vestibular disorder. Um, I'll tell you my symptoms and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. So with my second pregnancy, I also may have hypochondriac disease. (laughs) (laughs) So with my second pregnancy, um, I couldn't, I all of a sudden could not go on a swing set. Like I could not do a single swing and I would just be like whoa and to this day I still have um I still have moments or days that I can swing and I'm like oh my gosh I'm swinging and but for the most part I'm like oh I I can't go on a swing set now I can spin I can't like we were just at the fair and I went on a uh, like a tilt well it wasn't a tilt roll but it was just like a teacups basically And I was like, well, let's see how mom does on this. Mom kind of gets motion sick from swings. Um, And I was fine. And so I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, But like, just even in talking to you, it's like, oh, but like, there could be like a front forward versus like spinning and like all of this. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what other kind of like, all right. Thank you for this therapy session. Um, So what other kind of things are patients or our doctors should be looking for to go like, you might have something going on here. So normally, obviously patient history is really important. Like if a person comes in after having a concussion, whiplash, associated disorder or syndrome and whatever, it's really important to always ask. And I make this part of my patient history, even before I was even with a um, vestibular disorder. Um, I always ask if they have any headaches, any blurry vision, nausea, dizziness, if they lost consciousness. Because normally, like I said, I treat pain patients. Um, but I always listen to the patient's history. Like I always say that patients, some patients like to talk a lot. So you have to like reel that back in. But I like my patients to tell me everything. Meaning that um, I get dizzy when I do this or I feel lightheaded every now and then. Like in my case, um, I was never heard that much by the doctors. So um, when I went to see, there's a neurooptometrist. Those who don't know, those are doctors that specialize in neurological disorders of the eyes. I didn't know that either. Um, They like to listen to the story and vestibular disorders don't always present with vertigo. Those who don't know what vertigo is, is the sensation of like you're spinning 
or the surroundings around you are spinning, right? So not everyone presents with a, with a vertical symptom. And a lot of doctors tend to disregard that, which, is the pro which I find is the problem. Um, you have to listen if the person says, I'm dizzy, but remember, dizzy means that you feel like either lightheaded or faint. It could be multiple things. It could be either a thyroid disorder. It could be either um, changes in your blood glucose oh, levels. dizzy is lightheaded. Dizzy is like a type of lightheadedness that you Vertigo. feel. Okay, so vertigo and dizzy are not the same. No, they're not I, the same. I just feel like an idiot every time I interview someone. I'm just like, damn it. Somebody calls me a Okay, yep. Dizzy. Yeah, so vertigo and dizziness. So that's why when you use dizzy, they're like talking about cardiovascular and like that. Yeah, because that's where I was going. Like, well, where does when do you need to differentiate? Okay, so lightheaded is dizzy, more likely going to be cardiovascular potentially. It could be cardiovascular potentially because there are out medical conditions out there um, like pot syndrome. Um, they can do cause like lightheadedness. Mm -hmm. They cause. Um, faint sensation like you're gonna faint or they call it like drop like it's called um not floor drop they just drop in the ground because they faint um but that can be cardiovascular but it can also be a vestibular problem like coming from your eyes from your ears because with postural like triple pd i don't want to say the name again because <laughs> it's like a tongue twister yeah um with triple pd people complain of dizziness they don't complain of vertigo they feel dizzy, like when they change the visual field or when they move their head down and up or stuff like that, when they move their head down and up or side to side, they feel a little bit lightheaded. They don't feel like the world is spinning. Right. Like mostly with vertigo, you're gonna see them a lot in Meniere's disease. Um, you're gonna see in vestibular neuritis, labyrinthitis, um, migraine associated vertigo, so what they call vestibular migraines. That's when you get the spinning. And that's what I think a lot of providers fail in understanding the difference between a vertigo symptom and a dizzy symptom, because they kept asking me, oh, so you have vertigo? And I'm like, no, I do not have vertigo. Nothing spins for me. I just feel that the my body, with relation with what I see, it is completely off. Like I kept comparing my symptoms, like symptoms with vestibular disorders, they tend to overlap. That's why there are a lot of the times misunderstood. Because if you look at the symptoms of all the vestibular disorders out there, they're all the same. Patients complain of dizziness, lightheadedness, double vision, nausea, um, like the perception is off, loss of balance. Um, a lot of stuff with like motion sickness and driving. Motion sickness with driving. Um, one of the things that gives clue to the doctors for vestibular migraines is the migraine. it's it's motion sickness, like um, migraine associated verticals or vestibular migraines. One of the criteria is that you have to obviously one have history of having headaches, migraine headaches. That's one of the, one of the, uh, the, the, what you say that word? Oh my God. One of the things that you have to have that's apparently in the list, car sickness, motion sickness is also part of it. When you have um, migraine associated vertigo or vestibular migraines, um, hormonal changes can give you that too. So when you said um, when you were pregnant, a lot of yeah. women who are pregnant and are diagnosed with vestibular migraine, their body it is completely out of whack. Their body goes into this chaos effect. Um, so all the symptoms look alike. Patients get neck pain, shoulder like a, people. Patients say shoulder, but it's literally upper trap pain, upper mid back pain, pain in the back of the head, etc. All of these vestibular disorders affect all this, the neck area. Why? Because if one system is not working, guess who's going to take over the other two systems? But to balance yourself out, your eyes and your neck. 
Mm-hmm. In my case, my eyes were not working. So my ears and my neck were always like tight like a rock. I always complain of neck pain, neck pain, neck pain, neck pain, until I found the solution to my glasses. I have specialized glasses, thanks to three amazing neurotometrist female doctors that are the only ones that heard about me. <laughs> um, they gave me something called prism lenses. They help my world focus. Like I'm able to see a clear picture. Doesn't mean I'm cured. Doesn't mean that. It means that I'm able to see a clearer picture. I'm able to see the letters how they're supposed to. Still, I still have trouble focusing, but it has helped a lot to take the toll away from my ears and my muscles. Because with my condition, binocular vision dysfunction, I found the whole list of symptoms and I had, let's say if there's 20, I had all 20. There was not, maybe I have this, oh yeah, no, it was all 20. Like I was getting neck pain, upper back pain. I was getting head, um, headaches in my occipital region. I was getting, um, not headaches, just pain. It was not even headaches. Mm-hmm pain in my jaw. I was having chronic anxiety, which I've never suffered from. Um, and it was always there. So one of the things when they try on these lenses was that how would you rate your anxiety from zero to 10? And I remember sitting in the room, um, when she was doing the test and all this stuff and she put, they put like this old tiny metal lens glasses on to see if it fits you. Mm-hmm. And I went there and remember it was like a nine, my anxiety. Because one, I was nervous of what she's going to find. And two, I was nervous too. Like, what if the lenses don't help me? Right. So um, when she put them on, she made me walk and look at things. And they have all these pattern things. Like patterns would affect me looking at them, like stripes or a plaid and all that stuff. And she goes, okay, 20 minutes pass by. How do you feel now with your anxiety from zero to 10? I was like, oh, it's a four. So it went down to half. So a lot of these patients that have vestibular disorders often are misdiagnosed too with anxiety. And they say it's all in your head, which is not true. There's hmm. always some patients out there that are a little bit, you know, yeah. um, but it affects your, um, your mood, right? So I was listening to one of your episodes about that amygdala with that doctor. I love that episode. I was like sitting in my car. I was like, I'm not going to get out. Amazing. Yep. Super amazing. And I was like, damn it. It does make sense. It does make sense because every time I used to get adjusted, she was talking about the amygdala, how I, uh, altering that prefrontal cortex will turn off your amygdala. Every time I will get adjusted by the owner who I work for or by the chiropractor that I normally go to where I live, my anxiety will just be like off. And I was like, this is why it makes sense, which I'm starting to read more about that, but she got me into it. So, um, that helped me a lot with my anxiety. But like oh, I, said, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So if I have a patient who um, presents with, you know, they've got vertigo, maybe they've done PTT, PT, I'm just adding extra letters now for fun, just physical <laughs> therapy. Um, and they, so it's pretty obvious that they've got a vestibular thing happening, uh, one of the many disorders. But they get really good results with neck adjustments. Is that like, is that all I need to do? Or it's like kind of like a, okay, I'm glad you get great results with chiropractic adjustments, but you still need to go see. And who would I, who would I like send them to see? Because obviously you had multiple different doctors and a lot of them. Yes. So um, 
chiropractic adjustments do help with certain vestibular disorders. And the reason why I'm saying certain, I know a lot of you are not going to like this, yeah. but you cannot adjust every person who has a vestibular disorder. Two reasons why. One, they cannot even lay back sometimes because the world, you will destroy the world in two seconds. I can and, do a seated cervical. <laughs> and two, traditional movement like seated cervical, or two, or a seated cervical or lame cervical adjustments mm-hmm. just by putting the head like that, you already destroy the world in two seconds. Okay, so um, I always think that having a great diagnosis before a person decides to look into other branches because um, like I said, people think that it's just a crystal that come out. Right. You can try multiple times the Epley's maneuver. And please, if you're not well knowledge or unless you're a functional neurologist, that's great to do. But we're going to get into that in a second. Do not try Epley's maneuvers because you can destroy the person's world in two seconds. Um, well, or- when you say destroy their world... I mean, do you mean like they're going to be really dizzy for the next 10 minutes? They're going to be really dizzy for a while. Um, dizziness from a vestibular disorder wrong. can last months to years. I interviewed. From doing Epley's wrong. From doing Epley's wrong. I had a patient, uh, not patient, I interview that I had with one of my, uh, the people in my podcast. She has been um, with suffering from vestibular disorder, vertigo for 20 years. No relief. And it was because they did the Epley maneuver wrong. Because the epi maneuver, as remember, the epi maneuver again. It's just to accommodate the ear, the crystals into the semicircular canals to bring it back to where they belong. But remember, all the semicircular canals are not in the same angle. You have one horizontal, one lateral, one anterior. So if you try to move the head in the wrong way, you can dislodge the other ones and then you won't be able to oh, reposition. Shit. Yeah. So you can be able to reposition it back to the canal that belongs to, and all it has to do with the movement of your eyes. So depending how your eyes are moving, a vestibular rehabilitation therapist can make sure and know which one is the one that is being affected by. Okay, so what I just heard though from this is like, so um, we have a physical therapist around here that does vestibular therapy. I have no idea um, what that looks like, but let's just say I was like, I have an issue and I scheduled an appointment with them. If they were like, okay, so we're going to start by doing Epley's, I would be, I should be like, no, because they have not properly. If, if you have a really good vestibular therapist, I have, I took vestibular therapy rehabilitation because my balance in the beginning was a little bit off. My body will just shift to the right. Um, they have to do an initial exam. It's not like, okay, you have, the crystals are out. They did the same thing. They put the goggles, they Take a look at your eye. Okay, there should be like goggles and testing happening. Yeah, it takes like an hour or so for them to test you. They test you in a hardwood surface, um, foam pad that you have to close your eyes, open your eyes, walk, all that stuff. So they test you really well. Um, and then they're there. They're going to decide what is the course of action to do. Like I said, you can have all three systems destroyed. You can have eyes not working, ears, the crystals are out and the neck taking all that toll. So they make a combination of three treatments. Like in my case, she helped me get my, I don't want to say balance because my balance was not that bad, but to balance my body out to work a little bit more to a straight line. At the point that she said, I can't help you no more because um, your eyes, you keep complaining about changing your visual field and that's when it affects your eyes. So I think it's time for you to see this type of doctor. And that's when I met my neuro-optometrist. Um, and then- Okay, so then it kind of goes back to that question of like, 
as a chiropractor, if we are, let's say we're kind of almost like first entry for them of like, I'm having some symptoms. I am coming here, you know, to see if getting a neck adjustment will help. Um, where, where would we kind of send, like, what are some of the people that you would look to refer to? Like, so, their so like the first thing for them to look for, um, I will always say like, go to see a neuroautologist. Neuro, yeah, neurotologist. Um, it's a type of doctor that specializes in neurological disorders of the ear that has a great training in diagnosing these vestibular disorders, which then they will do the testing for the, the VNG and G testing that I had with the caloric testing and all that. Um, obviously, also go to see a neuro optometrist because you need to remember that you have something called the vestibular ocular reflex. So when one area is not working well, the other one is going to take the job of that area. So that can also affect your balance as well. And also, if you have a lot of neck pain, see a chiropractor. My last episode that I spoke, we were talking, I was talking about cervicogenic dizziness. And I talk about a case report where a girl had like extreme neck pain for two years and she was getting dizzy constantly and with chiropractic adjustments and um, traction and all that stuff, um, she was free of pain. So yeah, chiropractic does work. It did help me for my anxiety, for my neck tightness, for for control that anxiety that I had 24-7. It's a piece of it. It's the piece of knowing which system is affected. And if it is your inner ear, is it BPPV with the crystals or is it something else? Well, it's got to be that or labyrinthitis or Meniere's. Exactly. It's what I learned. <laughs> exactly. But it does it does help. Um, I... I was looking to see a functional neurologist who was a chiropractor in my area, but um, he charged an arm and a leg. So I don't know why would he even try to help people if he charges an arm and a leg when well, I'm saying everybody's that. got their own values. I know, but that arm and a leg was when I'm saying an arm and a leg. I was like, uh, <laughs> well, one day you might be ready for it. You're like, here's yeah. my arm and here's my yeah, leg. Here's my arm. Here's my leg. But um, I think the one ha has helped me a lot is vision therapy. I didn't know it was such thing. Vision therapy, therapy for my eyes. Um, I've been going there for almost, it's been a year and a half. Um, I still have good days. I still have bad days. Um, good days, I feel 90% back, almost back to normal. Bad days, like yesterday, I had a bad day. Yesterday, I was functioning like a 60%. But my bad day lasted for like three hours. Um, and then I went away. Um, but it does help chiropractic. I think having a great team that listens, yeah, that's what it sounds that's like. key, like having a great chiropractor, having a great vestibular therapist. And if it's a problems from your eyes, having a good neurotometrist, I'm telling you, it's hard work. Like it's going to be two years for me now mm -hmm. in November 19. Um, but like how much time of that was just kind of wasted? Four months. Yeah. Four months wasted, um, not knowing, not finding the correct providers to help me. I have to take things into my own hands. Yeah, that's, that's what I did. I just took things into my own hands and, and I started to read more about these vestibular disorders and how complicated they can be. And I just kind of fell in love, like kind of fell in my lap, not mm -hmm. wanting it to fall in my lap, not wanting to have it, but it kind yeah. of did. Um, but I, I kind of understand now how how patients feel sometimes when, when you have a patient coming in, I'm dizzy, lightheaded. And sometimes you might think, oh, 
Nancy's already complaining. Nancy's a little bit hypochondriac. So maybe Nancy is a little bit dehydrated, you know? Um, and it kind of gave me a clear picture of, of not to disregard everybody. Maybe it's true, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of doctors already, like I said, has disregarded in the past. A lot of people that I know, um, it's all in your head. It's just drink water. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. It's just the crystals. Let's move them back. And then let's do this maneuver. I watched it on YouTube. They do the maneuver for 10 years and nothing helps. It's like, okay, I think it's time for you to, to, to look into other aspects of to see what's going on, which a lot of people don't know. I could talk to you forever about this. I know. Um, I know. Okay. Tell people, well, I don't have to because you have it in episodes. So tell people who are really interested in this or have patients they're thinking about worth it. Maybe it's them. Maybe they're like me and they're like, I totally have this Um, about your podcast again and how to find you. Sure. Um, My podcast My podcast is called The Spinning Chronicles Living with a Vestibular Disorder. Um, I think the first season was just me explaining my whole journey. I think it did in like 10 episodes. And then this last season, which I started, is all about vestibular disorders. Like what is the vestibular system? What to look for? Um, I interview um, patients that have vestibular disorders. I had a patient who had an acoustic neuroma, which is another type of vestibular disorder. Her story is amazing. I had a patient that had the BPPV for 20 years. Another one who was a triathlete that had BPPV for two years. And the last one that I had was a woman that had BPPV, but that story is amazing, which I'm not going to tell you because if you have not listened to it, I was in shock. I was so in shock with her story, um, with the old comorbidities that it was involved in there that nobody had a clue. Um, so the podcast is just to spread awareness, you know, of vestibular disorders, because it is one of these conditions that they still trying to find out how to help people with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a hodgepodge of everything. Like, try this, try that. This doesn't work to try this, try that. In my case, I don't take medications. There's a lot of patients who are giving SSRIs and um, Valium and, and, and all these antidepressive medications just to tune down that center to tune them down so, so, so they don't feel as dizzy. But one of the things is that this medication that are given to you is to avoid you getting dizzy, but they give you dizziness too. So it's, what? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. I thank God for my side, my side, I've been doing supplements, a lot of therapy and a lot of them. Um, what kind therapy. of supplements? Oh, I take magnesium citrate. I take, magnesium the citrate is it something like that i take two different magnesium one is for my brain fog and anxiety and the other one is for um my nervous system i take coq10 i take b2 i take vitamin d3 i take l something like that mm-hmm. that one yes for anxiety also for the nervous system i take my omegas but um I take, I use essential oils to ground myself because sometimes when my body feels a little bit crazy, um, I get a little bit panicky. So I take essential oils to just ground myself. Um, CBD lotions, um, I use for when I get neck tightness. Like yesterday, my neck was killing me after I had that that symptom. Um, But nutrition, supplementation, therapies, they can all help. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take 
25,000 different meds and let's see, this one doesn't work. Let's try this one. This one doesn't work. Oh, it makes your symptom worse. Let's go back to this one. You know, like a lot of these people don't even need them. That's the story of our healthcare system. I know. And, and, and I refuse, I refuse to take that diagnosis of a stimulant migraine and, and take medications for it. And that's all my podcast is about to help patients out there who don't have the resource or the knowledge about these vestibular disorders and to be their own advocate, you know, that, that it's called the spinning chronicles, right? The spinning chronicles. Yeah. And living with available and Spotify, I, Apple, how do you call it? iTunes? I, I don't, I, iTunes, Apple podcast. That's Apple podcast. I don't have an iPhone. I don't either. <laughs> so every time I'm like iTunes. Oh, I'm old. <laughs> um, anchor beak breaker beak or something like that. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, it's everywhere. So yeah. So if you know somebody that has a vestibular disorder, wants to know more, or they know somebody or a loved one, yeah. it's free. I don't get paid. I do this in my free time. Um, I just do it from the kindness of my heart and, and see if I can help as much people as I can. Uh, Dr. Jess, thank you so much. Your story is very cool. I definitely am like convinced that I need to find a <laughs> neuroautologist um that's kind of how the end of every episode goes where i'm like i think i have something wrong with me um, <laughs> it was absolutely a pleasure thank you so much for being thank you thank you for having me and and it was a pleasure to talk to you too good all right she slayers until next week bye bye Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.